As hilarious as that music may sound, it is not how I want to kick off my podcast. Welcome to the Michael Aldred Comedy Podcast. It's going to be so much fun where he makes humor of himself and the many things in New York City. Oh, and by the way, this is not the voice of Bruno. Ladies and gentlemen, I it's Michael Oldroyd here, and we've got another episode that we are filming. Uh, actually, we're recording it. I apologize. I already made a mistake, but that's fun. It's live. We do it live here, and I am very excited. We had a lot of fun in the last podcast. If you didn't listen, it was my 30th birthday. I had about you know six or seven of my friends... Uh, join in we talked about old stories and had a great time and there was one friend of mine that I would have loved to have had on that podcast and he had obligations completely understandable um, you know things in my opinion work out for a reason and I believe that reason is, is because Christopher John Blackerby deserves a podcast episode all to himself and ladies and gentlemen without further ado I have Christopher John himself here as my guest for the 17th episode of the Michael Oldroyd Comedy Podcast, please welcome with a big round of applause, Christopher John Blackerby. He hails from St. Louis. <laughs> hey guys, it's Chris Blackerby. What's up, Mike? What's up, boss? How you doing? I'm doing well. I wanted to recreate the, we filmed something else, you and I, where I did an intro just like that. <laughs> he hails from, and, and I wanted to recreate that just now, but... <laughs> I remember. Was, uh, you remember? That yeah, was, we yeah, actually. Your comedy video. Yeah, so out. we spent an entire Next. night. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, man. It was. Uh, you did a great job, Chris. You were. Uh, you were the intro voice. We we did like three thousand takes of it, and all all <laughs> fun and creative ones. I used a couple. I used one that I just uploaded to SoundCloud, and it was pretty funny because you talked about how I have like the biggest hands any human can have. Well, I'm Mike. I'm excited to be here. I appreciate you. Appreciate you having me. <laughs> it's been a long time coming, and um, man, there's a lot to talk about. So I'm afraid of the time limitations that we have here, you know, for the next two days. <laughs> I'm afraid that 48 hours is not enough for us to be able to get everything into this one episode. So, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. this is going to be a 48-hour episode. We will make sure that we do not go over for your own uh, sanity but uh, regarding the amount of content that we have, uh, we're going to have to make it a little bit longer. And we will have follow-up episodes because 48 hours, frankly, is not enough. It's not. It's not. <laughs> but we can, if we do limit it to 48 hours, then we could soundbite the show 48 hours and then slide it in. And it's like, welcome to 48 hours. <laughs> and, then, and then we would actually, it wouldn't last that long. I, I like that. I, I, I think that that's creative, and I'm up for that, Chris. Um, well, I, I, I think it's appropriate, Mike, for, for me to just suggest how the rest of the show uh, will unfold, if you may. Uh, please do I, it. I, I, I feel like it would be funny, and it would be awesome, and it would be a chance for you and I to reminisce if we literally just stepped back in time from when we met and just thought to when where we are at this moment talking on the phone and just and just talk about some stuff man i think that it's sounds a, it's been a while since we've caught up <laughs> you know what i feel like we're gonna get lost in this and I, I we're gonna have so much fun i'm gonna forget that we're actually recording a podcast um, 
I, I've already almost lost touch of that reality, just having the chance to, to catch up with you. I'll have to keep an eye on this thing to make sure that it continues to record. But yes, Chris, let's uh, let's take it way back and let's just give let's give the the uh, the listeners one thing to chew on and keep in the back of their mind. We have been friends since we met uh, freshman year of high school all the way till today. Our lives have always intertwined where we did not take part in fate and it just happened naturally. Not that we didn't want to, but fate just literally made sure that you and I's lives were crafted together. So I'll say that and I'll let you kind of take it back, uh, Chris, to where you want to start. Sure. Um, I would say it was a August day, 2001 when Michael Druid entered my high school. <laughs> and I say that because I was a bit older. Um, so, so I was already a sophomore. He was a freshman. Now, I, I wish for the audience to say that I could remember the day. You know what I mean? When, I, when you and I actually first interacted, I can't take it. You know, I, my memory fades me, my sir. <laughs> but I, I remember the year, man. And, and what a cool year, dude. Is, is when I met a guy who not only was super disciplined and focused and stood out because he didn't care what people thought, which I, I love, dude. That was one of my favorite things about you. I related to him on that, but not only that, but he was also an athlete, you know, a scholar <laughs> and a funny dude. So so there were several connected dots that, that we shared, and that was like, the, the, the initiator of something pretty cool, which is <laughs> well, you and I, dude. <laughs> I'd like to uh, I'd like to take over and, and uh, generate some compliments toward you now, Chris. Uh, first of all, that's awesome, man. I really appreciate that. And I remember my first impression of you. I know that we met probably we probably started interacting in class because I know my first semester of that year of my freshman year we had classes together as we did for pretty much every semester for the rest of our lives. And I remember that we, we interacted in class, and one of my first thoughts was, this guy is very creative. He reminds me <clears throat> of me conceptually, creatively, but he still has a different type of creativity. So I think that Chris and I complement each other in, in this manner uh, as far as the creativity goes, because Chris would do really funny things um, aside from the noises that he would make, which I make my own unique noises, Chris makes his own unique noises. Sometimes we incorporate each other's noises and jargon and impersonate one another <laughs> through it. But I don't think I can do Chris Blackerby noises as good as him. And maybe maybe that's vice versa. I'll let Chris be the one to speak for that. But I will say he used to draw really funny cartoons on the, uh, on the chalkboard. Well, it's a marker board now. Um, and I remember thinking, wow, I mean, first of all, they were, they were legit. It wasn't just stick figures. And it showed like, you know, it, it was like, a, you know, when somebody draws, it's kind of like inside into their mind. And I could see the creativity and the desire to entertain people. And uh, he got, he, you know, it was, it, was, it was one of those things where we just immediately connected. I think the creative piece was one of the first things that caught our eye about one another. Um, and uh, I know that you wanted to do well in school. You, t you know, I remember... You know, you didn't just slack off and, and uh, uh, you know, just kind of go through the motions. I remember you would get in there and you would you would make sure that your marks were on point, man. I remember, um, 
I remember seeing you, um, you know, get good grades, and we always kind of, we kind of, we would study together in some ways too. Even if it wasn't like setting aside a study session, we would still kind of go back and forth and make sure that we we understood the stuff um, going into tests. And uh, yeah, and sports sports also brought us together, right? Because uh, you, your love was basketball, which we can get into on a deeper level later if you want, but you also ran track and that was where we really kind of bonded even, even on a deeper level. We had a great track coach and a a great group of guys that was hilarious. You know, we were really lighthearted in how we approached it. And Chris was so funny. We, we had a funny group of guys like Quentin Allen was out there. Uh, Anthony Perry, me, you, and probably 15 (laughs) other guys that we just, it was almost just, Danny Seitz. Was he funny? Was he funny in that? Daniel Seitz? Daniel Seitz was a was a comedic genius. <laughs> was he was he doing it on was he funny intentionally or was it funny to laugh at the things that he did? I'm no, sure. it was funny to laugh at the things that got done to him. <laughs> but uh, I love Danny Sides now because we're all the same age and we change from 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 then till now. So yeah, let me say that. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, I think we'll have to give him an example of a story um, at sure. some point. Um, let's not jump right into the Danny Sites, uh, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, let's uh, scratch the Danny Sites. <laughs> he might uh, he might get upset with us because one time yeah, I had right. a uh, I, right. I changed my profile picture to his face and and he he did not appreciate that. <laughs> so. Cancel Danny Sites and go. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, some examples are are, are definitely awaiting. The listeners' ears, I would say. Yeah, um, we'll we'll tickle that. We'll uh, we're gonna tease them a little bit, right? We're gonna tease them with the Danny Sites. <laughs> but they're like, man, I, I hear you, but what what exactly do you mean, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like we can't tell Danny Sites stories without ripping on him, and I feel a little bit bad doing that. You know what I mean? Um, and we also can't. I feel like we can't tell, you know, stories of noises and and. Um, and, and, and funny things without giving them some examples, too. See, blacks! <laughs> <laughs> there, you know, for some reason, I was obsessed with corners. So I loved, I loved corners, man. And I, I always thought it, was be, it would be funny if, while peeking around the corner, like, you just saw the creepy, like, the very creepy, like, dark side of one's face <laughs> and how, how funny that looks man like so even at home man not at school just at home me and my friends would sit around and we would like put our our shirts over our face and just look out of one eye <laughs> and we would just do that when no when someone's like looking the opposite direction for a while like say that they're playing the video game so they're staring at the tv <laughs> How funny is it if they, when they're done, look over and, and you look like that? Like it's just a yeah. funny concept. Or you're like peering around the corner, right? When they when they look away from the video screen, I could imagine Chris Blackerby with his fro looking very seriously, where you can only see half of his face, but with a very serious look. And there's no right. choice you have but to laugh when you see him. <laughs> oh. Yeah, dude, it's, it's it's that little bit of of. of visual that you get is just i feel it's so funny man so 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 that translated into a, a, a character called the collar and any collar man the, the higher the better and this this collar would be used 
to basically recreate that corner, man. So you would, if you had a collared shirt on, in any scenario, if you know the people that like who are looking at you, that's when you do it. You don't do it to a stranger because they're gonna think you're a, a weirdo. But right. if you got your friends with you, you put the collar on, or up, you know what I mean, and do that creepy look. When they see you <laughs> randomly, it's just a funny, it's a funny quick hitter. It's so. And and I know that uh, it, it's a very tickling thing. We all uh, appreciated, you know, that type of humor. I know the girls loved it too, but not in it. Like they loved the playfulness. That was one thing about Chris Blackerview in the way that we interact with women that I think um, is a little bit different. Chris, the girls love that about Chris. He's very uh, flirtatious with them in a lighthearted way, but he's he's. Um, it's it's this lighthearted, jovial humor that he uh, that he always brings to the table with the ladies, and they, they absolutely love it. Um, so yeah, I, I I get that. You know, and the reason why is because I always thought <clears throat> I, I guess it played into my favor to some degree. I always thought that I'm going to treat this girl like a very respectful, you know, cordial. Um, chivalrous guy. <laughs> like, I'm going to do that to... I'm, I'm not going to treat her so differently that that she's like... There's there's a huge difference in your personality between, you know, when you talk to me and when you talk to Dennis or you, Mike. It's like, <laughs> I want to keep that playfulness in there. So just like I would joke around with you, I might do it a slightly different way to her, but I'm still going to do it. You yeah. know, I'm still going to do the collar to her. Just like I would be doing that to you, you yep. trying to get you to laugh, man. I'm still going to do the tongue, dude. Where I'm sticking, you know, the same concept where they look at you and you're, stung, you're sticking your tongue out like a, a sicko. And, like a, a guy from Kiss, right? But, oh, the, but the tongue, con- on a tangent, the tongue, yeah, like the guy from Kiss, you stick your tongue out. But the tongue concept is to almost not get caught. So it's like... They're looking in the opposite direction. You got your tongue out. And when they slightly see you, maybe out of their peripheral, your tongue's out. But when they look at you, oh, you put it back in, and then you got a straight face. And like, <laughs> oh, you know? So it's the, yeah. the almost catching you aspect is what's funny about the yeah. tongue. But anyways. Yep, yep. I like that. I would, I would incorporate those types of – that type of silly humor into my interactions with everybody, including women. And they – I mean – I, I don't, I'm not just going to single them out by saying it's just an attractive or, you know, it's an attraction, man. You can talk <laughs> to someone easily. Yeah. Humor, <laughs> so, humor, humor creates attraction, um, which is asexual and sexual. You know, there's some girls that are sexually attracted to humor. Um, but nevertheless, I think the goal wasn't <laughs> necessarily to sexually attract them. It was for the lighthearted playfulness, you know? Yeah. Um, Sure. And that that could lead into a whole other conversation about girls, but for the sake of right now, I guess we'll kind of stay on the topic of you and I. I'll say um, I remember my freshman year of college. It had been you know a year since I had seen you. We went to the same college too, guys, University of Missouri. And not that we have to skip high school altogether. We're gonna jump yeah. around a little bit. But I remember seeing your Facebook. This is when F- Facebook first came out, right? And I remember it had been a little bit since I'd seen you because you were away for a year. I was still in high school. And I remember looking at your Facebook and being like really intrigued by all the pictures, that, all the humorous pictures that you had on there. 
You know, like, you had yeah. such... You, you did, like, that look around, like... There was one picture of a couch, and you could just see your face peering behind the couch from the nose up with that really yeah. serious look on your eye and, like... <laughs> and then you, your big afro at the time, which is, like, the most famous afro in Missouri history. Um, and actually. And I remember... And we'll have to talk about the fro... But I remember seeing a picture of you ironing, ironing like a really tiny sock, like a baby sock, oh, yeah. <laughs> in the picture. And then like uh, you had a, a blanket covering like a sneaker that was like Homer Simpson, and you had like a, a fork and a knife out, like you were gonna eat him or something. <laughs> oh yeah. So 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 yeah. There was a slipper set that was in the shape of Homer Simpson's head, right? So it was like a big stuffed animal in, in a sense a big stuffed thing it looked like homer's head and when you stuck your foot in it was his mouth so if you took it you know just holding it in your hand it looks like a head of homer yeah so i put it at the end of a couch and, and put a cover all the way up to his chin essentially as if homer was sleeping and i had a, a fork and knife from behind him above him as if i was going to eat him <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, <laughs> I, that was well, it was, I'm, I'm the one who brought it up uh, because I thought it was hilarious. And you had, you know, 15 or 20 other really funny pictures. You and Dennis um, were in a bunch of them. And that was when you were living with Darnell Terrell. So I'm, I'm kind of skipping all over the place, but I got to say this because it's on my mind. I remember it had been a while since we'd hung out. And one of the funnest memories I think I ever have, you know, when, when you're hanging out with your friends and you get that warm feeling inside where you're just like, I'm having so much fun right now that I, I never want this to end. I remember yeah. going over to your guys' house and the entire time we were laughing. All of us. <laughs> you know, like Dennis, Dennis's body changed shape completely since the last time I had seen him until that point. DT was being ridiculous. I don't even know what he was doing. Um, and you, we, the, the four of us were there. Maybe even Kirk Scales was there at that time. Um, but I remember just... Not yet. He wasn't there yet. Okay. So it was just the four of us that one day, and I was like, man, I remember thinking to myself, man, I really want to be friends with these guys, like, more than I am now. So, yeah, man, I was, I was just so, I was so happy to have that moment with you guys, Chris. I really wanted to make sure that we took our friendship and kept it going at that time because, you know, we already, we had such a, a full high school together uh, as far as the experiences and I was like you know college is new but I really wanted to make sure me you DT and Dennis not only stayed close but continued to build upon our friendship and, and looking back that's exactly what we did yeah yeah I know man there were a few people you know that you and I both know of that that stayed with us throughout college to some degree man and those guys dude DT you know Dennis Kirk all those guys it, what's crazy is they all live in St. Louis. <laughs> we should, we should freaking recreate that man, and and just somehow get it kicked off again. You know, yeah. set up a, 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 an event in Facebook or something, man, and yeah. just send it out, send it out to him and see what happens. But no, the great guys, I'm 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 right there with you, man. Yep. Um. Yeah. But but I wanted to mention one thing. Now you know you mentioned some high school guys. <laughs> well, let's take it back just a bit, man. Yeah. To to high school Spanish class because I yeah. want to just give the the audience 
a hair more about the creation of our friendship and, and our humor. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, down the line, we, we actually noticed that we were in some similar classes in high school. We didn't plan that at all. Obviously, we didn't even know each other like that. So we met in these classes, and one of them was Spanish class. <clears throat> and as we are saying that our humor just connected well, man, the dots connected. For some weird reason, our Spanish teacher paired us together, maybe because we talked to, all of the time to each other. Yeah, but yeah. whatever the reason is, <laughs> she paired us together for a project. And I don't understand what was going on in our minds. I really don't. <laughs> to this day, dude, I, I struggle to, to, to cope with this. But <laughs> there was an assignment where we had to basically get in front of the class and teach the class different um, adjectives and different, you know, nouns and all these things in Spanish. You know, we were basically conjunctions and whatnot, proper usage. That was our assignment. And we each got, you know, assigned a particular piece of that. So you guys do conjunctions or something like that. So old Jared and I, I don't know why, decided to record ourselves singing the 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> paired with maybe a tiny bit of Spanish. <laughs> and, and, and turn it in, man. <laughs> and, and that gives you a little bit of an idea of, yeah. of, of what we were thinking at the time and how our humor, humor connected. Yeah. Man. Yep. And we, we had a lot of time to do this project, and the teacher gave us a lot of freedom. <laughs> she gave us a lot of freedom to go, like, really be creative. <laughs> and we, like, went into the, the gym and I think it, and then we dressed up, right? Didn't we do like random weird stuff, like where I was like mopping the floor at one point? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a lower gym, and you, we were just doing very random things, recording, um, while singing, man. The, <laughs> the twelve days of Christmas. And first of all, I think we had to look it up because I personally don't know those by heart. Yeah, and it wasn't so in I'm Spanish, sure. guys. It was in English. <laughs> <laughs> it was in English. And, oh my uh, gosh. And that was one of our favorite teachers. And she put a big fat F on that damn report. <laughs> and he said, I'm going to give you guys the ability to change that F into a C. And that's it. And we were, oh my God, I felt horrible. Because yeah. I, I don't know if I felt bad because I felt like I influenced that. I could, I, I don't remember. No, no. <laughs> but I felt horrible. I was like, yeah. what were we thinking? Yeah. You well, know? And it's not like we were bad students. Like it was the opposite so yeah it, it doesn't re it's not reflective of how we usually teach i mean i don't know take you know yeah. class seriously yeah, we, and whatnot so we respect our teachers you know um i i was a little turd a lot of times throughout school especially in middle school where i kind of was only nice to the teacher if i liked them and they were nice to me now obviously yeah. looking back i think we all we respect our elders you know we respect we would respect teachers more so we didn't I don't think our intention was to upset miss well I'm not gonna say her name but our intention was not to upset her it was to create laughter I think we, we I think you and I were both surprised at the time by how went, how it went over I thought for sure for I sure. think we thought she was gonna think it was as funny as we did and the rest of the class would so yeah. I think now when Very we look sure. back I mean there's a little bit where I'm like ah that's not as funny Very, as it yeah. used to be but in our minds at the time, it was hilarious, you know, and I think the it rest was. of the class found it pretty humorous. Um, again, again, I, man, 
what it would have, wouldn't, that's so true. That is so true. By no means would we ever do bad and poorly on a test or something like that on purpose. Yeah. You know what I mean? That would make things, that, that, you know, that, that would make things understandable. For <laughs> us, we did, we did, you know, poor things because we thought it was going to be entertaining and the teacher would take it well and it, it backfired. Yeah. Um, on you maybe one time and on me a few, dude. I was, I was pretty outlandish and, um, you know, for instance, I, I know I've told you this story, Mike, but just for the audience, um, I remember, my, you know, my love for basketball at the time was, was enormous, you know? My one goal in life was to play basketball. So whatever I had to do, you know, I'm running track because of basketball, you know? You gotta stay in shape. So I'm like, okay, whatever you want, I'm down for. So knowing that my love for basketball was so high, on the Eureka basketball, on the um, on our high school basketball team, you know, our coach was—he had my utmost respect. He was a smart guy, a stern guy, and I was—I was like, dude, okay, I follow your direction. But yeah. I also was a funny, you know, uh, a funny little kid who liked to write poems on the board, <laughs> right? So in all my classes, if I had the time. I would write a poem on the board, on the whiteboard, and it would, you know, it would rhyme, and it would be talking about whatever came to my mind in the in the in that split second, right? You know, and it would usually like there once was a one inch man, all his friends used to call him Dan, but he owned a little van. I, I always just had a little knack for those rhymes like that, so I would write on the board, write on the board, and in this one particular class, man, the teacher. <laughs> was the wife of my basketball coach. Mm-hmm. I loved her. I adored her. I was like, man, you are the wife of my coach. I treat you like my mom. And my number one goal is to do well in your class. Yeah. And make you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was writing poems in her class. And one thing to note was, you know, we would take notes in her class. That was just the class setup. We took notes. We reviewed the notes and we then took the test. That was it. Yeah. So, because of that, I just thought it would be humorous, man, to come up with a poem about note taking. Because I thought that was funny. I don't like note taking. I want to interact. I want to say things and learn. You know. Yeah. But all that to say, you know, I'm a kid. You know what I mean? Like, I could have learned. I could have taught myself or something. But I, at the time, I just wanted to hear voices man so and and not just write 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 i wrote a poem about notes man and it was about a guy who walks in the class and everybody stops to look at it and they start saying what covering their nose and they're like what is that smell and all this is in a poem that's rhyming (laughs) and then the guy walks down uh you know down the classroom he sits down and everyone's like ew you know this this starts to get a little rowdy and then (laughs) they start to notice that his book bag is kind of smoking a green hue if you call it and they're like they're freaked out people are like standing up on their desks just covering their nose and he takes out of his book bag a notebook and it's dripping with green slime and it smells dude and the room is just so chaotic (laughs) And that's like the end of the poem is is basically saying that notes stink. 
And I wrote that poem on the board, man, and I said, dude, what a clever way to portray my thought. <laughs> <laughs> I was proud of that, dude, and I was like, I can't wait till, till that teacher comes in here and she reads this thing and laughs and we bond and I go out after her class, I go to practice and all is good. Yeah, yeah. And when she walks in, after everyone's reading that, and I mean, my friend to my left, who I, I love him, he was crying, laughing. I mean, this guy was shedding tears in laughter, dude. Yeah. And he couldn't stop. You know how that is, man. <laughs> when you catch the bug, he couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. And the more the, the teacher, the more the teacher inquired why he was laughing, the more he would laugh. He had the bug. <laughs> so... Freaking, I'm like, dude, stop it. All right, man, you're making me look worse. Like, just relax, dude. And I'm like, here's, I'm like, he's, he's just laughing. Like, it's fine. But she's like, no. And she reads the poem. And he starts laughing harder. And then I'm laughing, but I, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And dude, she erupts, man. And she kicks me out of class. She kicks my friend out of class. And I'm like, he's just laughing, like, relax, it's funny. And she kicks me, she suspends me, dude. She sends me to the office and, and suspend, in-house suspends me. Ah. Oh. ISS, huh? I said, man, you give me ISS, in-school suspension, for that? And I'm thinking, dude, everyone was laughing. How was that not awesome? I thought she was going to, again... My heart, you know, I'm thinking she's going to love it, dude. And she reacted the opposite way. Oh, so, well. anyways, that was, um, yeah, dude. It would have been. School, man, we, we had the wrong perception of what some of these teachers were thinking at times. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, I think, uh, you know, humor evolves over the course of time, you know, based on. You know, I guess where you are in life, but I still think that's pretty funny. I would, uh, I would have liked to have been there to see it. Yeah. I think she was. Sometimes people are just sensitive, you know. Um, well, I get it now, man. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I would not do the same now. No. Yeah. I care about people's feelings. I rec. I, I cared at the time. I just didn't know. I you, thought. Yeah. It, I thought it would be funny. You had good intentions. You just didn't. Uh, you didn't realize that that it might bug her. You know, obviously yeah. you, you did it for the right reasons. Ah, we've all we've all been there. I've I've done I've done that a thousand times, you know. Um, oh man. Do you, you wanna tell a story? I have another funny story about high school, but I don't wanna hog the mic. <laughs> Go ahead, dude. Go right ahead. Is it our principal? It is, dude. Okay, yeah, go ahead with that. Should I? We, we, need a, we need an impersonation from you, and uh, at some point, I wouldn't mind hearing a guy's whoa, you know. Guys, whoa! <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot, dude, but yeah. I feel like that's uh, that's gold right there. Anyway, go ahead and do uh, say what you were going to say. Okay. So I'm gonna, I'll tell a story. Um, it's actually, it's not... Bashful at all. It's, it's, it's very, it's just funny. So, in high school, our principal, one of our principals early on at the time, I think it changed like towards our senior years, but at the beginning, <laughs> we had a principal and his accent, uh, his southern accent was so strong. You ever meet somebody like that where you just, you're like, hold on, what? <laughs> 
you're super southern. Like, I mean, it, it, it's it sounds beautiful at times, but at times it's hilarious, right? Yeah. So, um, with that southern accent, he was a very he would try to connect with people in weird ways, yeah. which I understand now. At the time, like we, I just thought it was hideous. I thought it was so funny. Now I get it. I get when you're trying to, to do that. <laughs> but one of his ways to to influence attendance, man, I know you remember this, Mike, would be to offer, offer a class, a random class. So he would go one by one, every day a different class, and offer the class in the very early, like, seconds of the morning when we start school. He would offer them a full cart of Krispy Kreme donuts, man. And if you guys, I don't, you know, I don't know how far they branch out, Krispy Kreme, but in St. Louis, and in Missouri, I'm sorry, oh, those things are like golden nuggets of 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 just zen, dude. You know that <laughs> those donuts are yep. amazing. So, a full cart of Krispy Kreme donuts, different flavors, you know, glazed, everything you can imagine, and. A couple gallons of cold, sunny delight. Oh, man. Imagine being in high school. An active kid, dude. You're thirsty and hungry all the time. There's probably not one second at high, in high school that you don't want food. And your guy walks in with a whole cart of those. And that juice, oh, the juice, dude. Come on. And keep in mind, if... if- the only way the class would get the donuts and the juice is if every single person there was in attendance and on time that day. So if he came in and there was one person that wasn't there, that class didn't get the donuts. So anyway. Oh, man. And you know I like to make people happy. So anytime that I would be tardy, and for any reason, dude, and our class was chilling and I... I you know, maybe I walked in a couple seconds late, a couple minutes late, maybe, whatever. And he would walk in with those donuts, and our teacher would have to say, no, we didn't have perfect attendance. We had one tardy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would be so mad. Oh, my, it would, it would, I would take all my frustration out on our principal. <laughs> Even though no rules have changed, it's always been that way. And when we got him, I would be super happy. Yeah. But when we didn't, dude, I would be like, man, I, I wouldn't say words to him, but I would just be so frustrated. Yeah. Well, what's <laughs> a, how about, uh, would you mind giving us a quick impersonation of him? Well, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I'd like to start off the day with the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of America. Because out here, that's what we do first. Chris, it seems that your beard's a little, it's, it's a tad bit scruffy. Do you shave in the morning? <laughs> well, I didn't shave this morning. Well, Chris, if you want a job, you'll have to shave a little bit more. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's been a while. How about, uh, a while, man. talk about the donuts for a second. Talk about, uh, if you don't mind. I don't mean to make you be a puppet but hey we're, we're being funny right now I think they'd love to hear yeah. your kind of like spiel sure well 
if everyone's here in perfect attendance, may I ask, we have a freshly cut box of crispity, crackety, glazed, <laughs> oh, there <laughs> Crispy and crunchy bag of glazed donuts. We also want to pair it with some smooth, crisp, freshly squeezed, organic, sunny delight. He didn't do that really, but it was like the anticipation when he walks in. He might have. He might. He might as well have been building that, building that whole thing up. Yeah. Because that's what we saw. He didn't know that. He just thought he was doing us a favor. He didn't know that we were so happy at that moment. Oh, uh, yeah. He's, uh, he used to, anyways. it's funny that you say that because he used to give me the same hard time about my hair being cut and me shaving and all this stuff. And I used to hate that. I was like, who's this guy? Don't tell me how to trim my beard. You know what I mean? Like, who are you? <laughs> um, it's like when you barely even have any hair. It's like, dude. I want my mustache. This is all I got. Man. Yeah. It was literally our entire our entire relationship. That was our personal interaction was, Hey, Mike, <laughs> yeah. did, you, uh, did you shave this morning? Because it seems as if you have not. Um, and, uh, I, my I, Cadillac Escalade <laughs> is pink, shiny with chrome rim. Uh, I'm losing the accent, but, man, it was so Southern. I'm... I'm getting it confused with no. another southern. No, it's, you know, I'm like, it's anyways, good. it was a it was a funny it was a funny accent, man. Yeah, no, it was it, it, it's great, Chris. And um, I'm trying to think. I feel like there's more there's more to talk about from high school. We can come back to high school later. Yeah, we don't need, to, yeah, yeah, we don't need to force that. But I'll say when we went to college. Uh, so Chris and I have been roommates several times at different points in our lives. We've obviously had. Not only did we have classes every semester in high school together, you know, before he graduated, but we also started having classes together in college, right? We both graduated with business marketing degrees, same degree from Mizzou. Um, and, you know, I was an athlete. Obviously, you guys know that if you follow, um, if you follow me here, I, I ran track at Mizzou as well as uh, uh, I walked on the football team. And Chris lived, the guy that we mentioned earlier, Darnell, was actually a starter from our high school on the football team. Extremely talented individual, um, you know, uh, you know, NFL type, NFL type talent, you know, and size and athletic ability. And he's, he's obviously really funny too. But um, I guess going back to Chris, Chris got a job at one of the coolest bars in town, um, probably sophomore or junior year of college. And that changed... Sophomore. Sophomore year. Sophomore year. That changed his life. It changed my life. <laughs> it changed a lot of our lives because, you know, it wasn't like any one thing, but that was a, a contributor to us being, you know, having, having more status than we did or would have uh, if you hadn't uh, worked there. So, um, there, you know, obviously there's different things, but when you got that job at Big 12 and you started moving up, and you, you know, moved up from doorman to barback and barback to bartender, and you started getting the best shifts there, man, dude, that changed lives, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. 
you, you know, I don't even know if some of the people who kind of ran it that, at that time and, and, and were in charge at that time know how influential that place was. And I know that sounds really weird because you, you, you get the vibe from a bartender in college working at the busiest bar there that this guy loves to drink, this guy loves to party, man, this guy loves to interact with whoever he's attracted to, and just, you get that, that image, <laughs> and you, like, do a 180, and that was me. <laughs> you were not and any I'm, of those things, is what you're saying, right? What's that? You were not any of those things, right? Like, you, you, you weren't yeah. a big party, or you didn't I, like I to drink. Any, I was not any of those. I didn't even uh, drink. I didn't drink at all. That was not a thing in my circle. Drinking was not a thing in our circle, man. Yeah. You know, um, enjoying maybe a little greenery here and there was <laughs> an option at times. Rarely, dude. That was not, you know, it, it was literally a, I was, I was a kind of approved guy. And people did not get that, they didn't get that interpretation. Or yeah. I'm sorry, that impression. Because I was pretty social. Yeah. I loved to talk. I loved to make jokes. I was the same dude who was a high schooler <laughs> 10 minutes ago. But now working at a crazy busy bar and, and where everybody goes to party and literally I don't know how a lot of college towns are set up, but this thing was the hub of of social life. Yeah. So well um, that changed a lot, dude. It it, it definitely and, did. Were you gonna say we'll, something else? We'll, 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 no, we'll explain. Go ahead, we'll explain a little bit. We're, I'll give you I'll give you guys the context. So at Mizzou and I'm sure that there's a lot of schools out there that are similar, but football is a big driver uh, socially. So like the football players have a lot of status. Um, the Jersey chasers that are really cute, obviously get a lot of um, visibility on campus. So they they have status. Um, the, and then the Greek life has a lot of status at Mizzou. Unfortunately, if you weren't part of those, you know, you know, and, and you don't have to be a, so to be, a, when I say Jersey chaser, that's one thing, you know, obviously Separate to that, you know, if you're like on Golden Line or you're one of the cheerleaders, that helps you get status and visibility. Um, but Greek life is is also kind of the main driver. And then there's the bar scene. And usually the bar scene, um, there's a lot of intertwining with those two groups there, right? So obviously there's the frat and the sorority houses, and those have pretty solid parties. But a lot of people go out, especially later in college, junior, senior year, um, and that was kind of the big social scene, right? You, you want to be cool in college, right? You don't want to have to wait in line to get in places. You know, if you get that VIP treatment, you know, you just walk up, you get in, walk straight to the bar, get whatever you're going to order. You know, girls, girls like that. They're attracted to it back then. Maybe, you know, that's the college mindset, right? Um, yeah, and, and, there's, and there's a, you know, it was a very, very busy place. Like in our in our college town, you got a couple places that are consistently busy and heavily occupied all the time. On certain nights, especially, you know, you got one place one night, one the other place the other night. And we were one place when I started working there. Um, I walked into a place that was busy almost every night. Yeah, literally, and that was intense. Like. I mean, I, I, uh, I don't know what the occupancy level was, but the capacity, but 
it was a it was a large place, and that thing would be one in, one out, and whatever. So, well, entering that man was a um, it onset a, a a brand new just journey, in, including my for myself and, and people around me, my friends, you know, yeah. and I was introduced by a friend, you know. Uh, yeah. So so it, it was a cool chain of of, of event. So one thing I'll say is. <clears throat> I knew that things we were we had we had pull I guess you could say when you know I wasn't a star on the football team um, I kind of made a name for myself outside of football I mean I think people thought it was cool that I was a walk on and you know that I, I hung out with a lot of the the guys on the team that were stars but things started to shift <laughs> well one of the things that I noticed <laughs> people started to the football players started to come to me and they were asking me. Hey Mike, is Chris working tonight? <laughs> so like, Chris, I became the new gatekeeper for Chris Blackerby. <laughs> you know, like people yeah. wanted to know when Chris was working because if Chris was working, it was gonna be hot at Big Twelve that night. You know, and Chris treated me well. He made sure that I was taken care of. Um, but you know, it, it, it's it's funny because you know the football players draw a crowd, not the entire. It's not the entire cross section of, of campus and life in Columbia, but it is a huge. They 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 the football players own a lot of market share when it comes to social influence and social, uh, sure. everything as well as 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 Greek life, like I mentioned. So you know, obviously Greek life was was concerned with it as well. You know, you were well intertwined with them, as was I through, you know, just the natural merger of of the groups on campus. Um, but we definitely had a blast, man. Um, I had a lot of good times at Big 12 and met a lot of people through you. I also met a lot of people through through football and then later comedy. Um, but we definitely, yeah. I think I think looking back on my life, man, we could not have had a better college experience. I mean, I don't think we could have had more fun in college. I could never imagine having a better situation and a better hookup than all the things that we had when we were in Columbia. Yeah, and I think that to almost give a little more weight on what we were talking about um, and what you mean is from the from this Big Twelve or you know from this college bartending onset would be like from that moment we started to you made friends with some people who I mean we now work with right I mean yeah you made friends with those guys um, for me. I was struggling, you know, I was in college, I did not have a full ride, I was paying for some of it off of, you know, with a scholarship included, it wasn't a full scholarship though, I was also heavily interested in pursuing theater, as you were heavily interested in pursuing comedy, and once that got included into the mixture, I was struggling, I was like, dude, before I was bartending, I was like, I need more money. I cannot afford this. I was paying for my college. You know, my mom, she was disabled, so I recently disabled, so I had to. I, I was sending her money, man. I was in a bad spot. Yeah. <laughs> I was tight, man. I, I was like, I don't have dollars, and I have things to pay for. <laughs> yeah. You know, so my lack of awareness and in, in, in social interaction with alcohol made me think like I am not 
I'm a, I'm a, uh, I was a bar back at the time, I think, or like a bar, uh, what do they call it, a bouncer or whatever. I was a little bigger, man. I had some, <laughs> you know, I lifted weights, you yeah, know. Yeah. And um, I never thought, like, I could be a bartender. No, I just knew everybody. I was one of the few people who worked there who was actually still in school. I was a young guy, you know. I was a dude who was memorable because I had a big-ass afro. <laughs> and... I was a goofball, so just, you know, I was easily approached, and, and I could talk to someone and befriend them, and it was all good, and then we add Facebook to the mix, man, so then you start meeting friends, and you start knowing people who you, and developing those relationships that you would not normally do, so, yeah. when they said, hey, man, come on and uh, come into my office, you know, and he had that conversation with me about, would you like, you know, would you like to bartend? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on a couple of shifts when you turn 21. Oh, man. The reason I was so excited is because they make so much money in yeah. such a few hours that that would alleviate any stress I had money-wise that could open up, you know, whatever. I was like, that was my only goal. And I said, hell yeah, dude. And from that moment, it freed up every ounce of creative need that I had to pursue anything that I'm doing now. <laughs> so... It was awesome. That's cool, Chris. I remember when it happened, and uh, I was really, we were all really happy for you. Not just for you. I mean, obviously, we're happy for you first, but we're also happy because it, like, it helped us, too. Like, you know, it's kind of like when your friend gets oh, famous yeah. or whatever, you know, everyone, in theory, rides together, right? The people that have been there. So we all kind of yeah. made our own way, in my opinion, in college, mm -hmm. and we brought those things to the table and we shared it very well you know you shared your success with me and with with us and I I feel like I did as well I feel like we kind of we used each other's strengths together and we also forged our own way right so like you so you leveraged you tell them how we you should tell them how we began our our careers in the uh, in the acting and, and comedy space man I think that would be perfect <clears throat> Perfect. You know, um, yeah. So, so during this time, so if you guys listened to a couple episodes ago, I had Austin Huff on where, where he kind of talked about some of the beginnings of my comedy career where I would, uh, where I would try to make jokes in the locker room with the team and it wasn't always well received. You know, one time they had me get up on stage, uh, before one of the games to entertain the walk-ons and I thought they were literally wanted to hear me. But the person who instigated it only did it so that they could heckle me and make fun of me and then try to tell me to get off stage, right? So I, I was – at first it didn't even register. I was just up there doing my thing and I'm like, why do they keep interrupting me? Every time I'm about to set up, they interrupt. I was like, I can't even get a flow. So later I realized it was on purpose. <laughs> By the way, that was sure. casting, Chris. <laughs> uh, sure. The casting. <laughs> Which we're on good terms, him and I. And we got a whole nother... Yeah. Dude, I saw him pour his drink on a chick once. Anyway, that's a whole different... Uh, he's a, That's the type of thing he does. But um, it made me tougher. It made me better. And and right around the time that Chris started getting famous <laughs> in Colombia, uh, <laughs> I started to take off in comedy. It was my sophomore year, I believe, or maybe my junior year, when, when things started to kind of take off oh it, it, it also happened while Mizzou was really good because I had that Mizzou football poll so everyone wanted to hear the inside scoop 
that this guy has on the football team, and he was revealing it on stage, right? That was my my niche, and and right when we were good, it was like it was it had huge appeal, right? So um, I would use that, I would leverage that, and and throw in the humor with it. And Chris was was there. He was my biggest supporter, my biggest you know rock when it came to you know, having like a wingman in the world of comedy. He, he, he never got on stage with me, but he was always there hyping me up, making sure that I was ready to go, making sure my mind was right when I got on stage. He filmed my stuff. He would break it down with me afterwards. I mean, that stuff's invaluable. And I remember even Theo Vaughn told me once, you know, Theo's kind of famous. Um, he's like, you're lucky to have a friend like that, you know, and, and it, and it really did help me become a better comedian and kind of take off the way that I did in that small town. Um, and meanwhile, Chris utilized his uh, appeal and started getting into theater. He actually ended up taking a turn and getting a, a minor in theater um, and started taking theater classes and auditioning for plays. And this guy... Chris, who didn't really have an actual set background in theater, was getting lead roles right off the bat, you know, and he's competing against kids that have been doing theater for years, but there was something about Chris, you know, and the, and the charisma that he had and the dedication and the desire and passion and, and the talent where, you know, he was getting lead roles and I remember going to watch you and we were all really entertained. <laughs> there was like a ton of, a ton of people from the bar scene at the play watching you the type of people that would never go watch a play you know what i mean oh never yeah it, it was awesome it <laughs> and was we were, awesome. We were a lot of people dude i mean i had you know i was i, I developed a, a minor relationship with a lot of sports team people because all of my roommates that i've had were sports players you dt um i think kurt was trying to play for a while or something like that like yeah i i was living with and then Tommy Saunders, you know, we were, I was around the football team the entire time. So, yep. um, and, and I was still super studious, man. I was still very interested in, in getting good grades and, and, and doing things I really liked. And at the same time, it was, it was literally simultaneous. When you said, hey, dude, I remember this. You were like, hey, man, I'm thinking I got about doing an open mic. You know, I, I want to write some jokes for it. I think it'll, whatever, you know, I, I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come watch, dude, for sure. <laughs> and I told him, hey, man, so uh, I'll try to make this, this part of the story short. I said, look, I have chosen for one of my electives to take an acting class. A lot of people have been telling me I should do that, so I'm doing it. <laughs> so instead of like you know at Mizzou some of the class names are very telling of what you're going to receive so if it's like acting for non-majors you know it's going to be an acting class that sucks yeah. not, to, not to you know not trying to bash it but in, in the grand scheme of it you're like nope I, I don't want to do that so I chose a class <laughs> that was like the prereqs were stuff that I didn't have but it was like acting essentials or something like that it was a class that, that, that in its description made me it gave me a boner and I was like okay <laughs> I would like to take this class 
So what I did was I emailed the teacher, and I said, I man, I was drawn out, dude. I sent him the longest. I, I, I kid you not, dude. This email was probably a page long. And I'm like, look, I heard you were the, the, the director slash, you know, the, the teacher here, and I just explained that I feel like I have some gifts, <laughs> and, and I, I am not a – what would you call it, like an entry level? I was pleading my case, man, and I was basically just telling this teacher how well I would do if he lets me in his class, and that's and I, I promised him that. So you send a, a, a random teacher, a random professor in college, an email like that. <laughs> and in my mind, this is new to me, dude. I'm new to college. I'm thinking that will not be replied to no chance and I took a lot of risks like that in, 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 in my in those days I just yeah. did stuff and didn't care <laughs> I, he, I instantly got a response that said I'd like to let you in <laughs> and I was like I was like oh my god I, I, I loved it I was like oh my god this is the coolest thing that ever happened so I wind up going to the dude's class Mike before you were doing comedy I go to the guy's class and I say I'll do anything for you, man. Whatever you want. As long as I can show you and, and prove to you that I'm trying, I think that's all you can ask for. And he was like, You're, you, that's what's up. So I entered this, this class that people who are studying theater have been enrolled in. These are This is an upper-level class, if you will, in a, in, a, in a way. Not upper-level, but you know what I'm saying? It's not an entry course. Yeah. So I go in there... <laughs> Hey, dude, never acted in my life. It wasn't about that. I was just a very social guy who understood what balance was. I think acting is, is very, you know what I mean? Like, if you are outgoing but you know when to stop, you know how high and low to go, I think acting is, is, it, is something you could possibly do. So I go in there. <laughs> hey, everybody, I don't know anybody. They're all talking to each other. I'm like, okay, y'all, y'all, y'all know each other, you know, okay. So we start to do exercises for our vocal range and for our spontaneity, our creative mind, dude, kind of testing our limits. I want you to act like you're getting shot at by a helicopter and running and you're diving and you're crawling and stuff like that. Some people, he said in the beginning of the course, he's like, dude, some people are going to cry some people are going to quit this class. Some people are going to be embarrassed. And some people are going to get the most out of this class than anything. And I'm like, damn, dude, I like that. <laughs> so he was right. People were crying. They didn't want to do that. Yeah. They were, he said, I want you to, to, to recite, you know, I want you to recite like some something that they had to memorize, like a song or something, but recite it in an, in an opera way while using an English accent or something. And I was like, dude, I'm so down. And they were like, oh my God, I don't want to use my whole vocal range because I'll be screaming. And, you know, it's like, it's a very sensitive subject yeah. when you deal with someone's, that's your one self, dude, if you're acting or singing, you know, sing for me. It's like, no, I'm nervous. I'm not about to sing for you. Yeah. So anyways, I was, dude, I was fearless. I'm like, you know, I would do anything. And because of that, he, he heard my vocal range and he said, hey, man, I have a musical coming up. I feel like you should audition, man. 
you got a nice range on you, bro. And he's like, you know, and this is well after the fact that he he knew I didn't act before and stuff like that. Like, he was cool. And he said, I should audition. And I said, hey, all right. Probably not. But thank you. And he's like, dude, seriously. And I'm thinking, a musical, man? What? <laughs> so that's when Mike, you and I, that's when we talked. And I was like, dude, I got this audition that I could do for this musical, man. I don't know. And you were like, man, I got this open mic. <laughs> like, I think I'm going to enter. And I was like, all right, cool. And we did that together, dude. <laughs> and we so both... Tell, talk about the end result. Not only did you get the... So and we the both won. You yeah. you got the lead role, and I won the entire comedy contest. Well, no, no, no. I did, I did, I did not. Oh. I didn't get the lead role. So my accomplishment was that... Yes, you won the comp- You won the competition. And that, I was like, fuck, what? I was like, whoa. <laughs> you won that thing. I mean, I was... I recorded it, I believe. Like, yeah. I was I was at every every time you were performing in the very beginning I was at everything obviously and for me I was like freaking out I got this audition I'm going to this audition I don't know any show tunes right and they're like okay you know print off your um, your music sheet and whatever and give it to the pianist and you're gonna sing a, sh- a show tune you know or you can do acapella. And I'm like, okay, first of all, never sang with a piano. I have, you know, I've been playing guitar, so I can deal with that, but not with a piano. I don't, I, I haven't done that before. So now I'm nervous because I'm thinking I have to be too technical. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how to harmonize like that. I just have confidence in my range. Yeah. So with that said, I thought, well, I asked. My, my director, who was really cool, I said, I said, look, man, I don't know show tunes. What should I do? And he said, well, either learn one. You know, he's kind of snappy. He's funny. He's so funny. He's <laughs> like, either learn one or sing a song you know. I mean, what else are you going to do? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I am not about to learn one. I went to the library. I even asked where are show tunes at, and they showed me, and there were so many, and I'm like, I, I'm not going to learn one of these. Yeah. <laughs> So I thought, what are what song do I know that I could sing in front of a human being? Because I'm I'm not comfortable doing that, but I need to at least know the song really well in case I get super nervous. Yeah. Well, I love singing Christmas songs. <laughs> and everybody knows that. Mike Oldroyd knows that because him and I, like we just said earlier, got into an interesting situation while singing a Christmas song in high school, right? So yep. <laughs> I love singing Christmas songs. It's been with me since at least high school, I can remember. <laughs> but I said, okay, I'm going to sing the Christmas song. <laughs> Chestnuts roasting over an open fire. I said, I love that song. And it's I, I can actually sing it in sort of a deeper octave and feel a little more confident. You're, you're, making, you're making us kind of want to hear you sing, Chris. <laughs> I, I'll do it. I, I don't mind doing it. Yeah? So I, I, I don't mind. And so, so I, I talked to my friend Ben. Ben, what's up? I, if you, if he ever listens to this, dude, he will shart his pants if I if he knew I called him out. Because <laughs> Ben Hinklebein, man, I'll even say his last name. He was a cook at Big Twelve. He was a soulful white guy. He was a soulful dude, and he loves music, man. He plays music. He sang. 
and I love that guy, man. And him and I vibe pretty well. And I said, hey, hey Ben, <laughs> all right, I got this audition in like a half an hour, and I'm considering singing. And this was well after I decided I was going to do the audition, days after. I had much time to plan. And for some reason, the day of, I'm like, I got to audition. I was working, actually, Mike, at Big 12. I was bartending, and I said, hey, guys, can someone cover my shift for one hour? In the beginning of the day, I asked that, and they said, yeah, go for it, dude. Yeah. So they covered my shift, and I walked over to Ben, who was cooking, and I said, hey, bro, I'm considering singing the Christmas song in this audition. What, like, I'm going to need you to listen to me because I, I feel comfortable around you because you sing. And I need you to tell me if I'm doing it right or wrong. Oh, dude, I know Ben remembers that, bro. I just <laughs> heard that he would shirt because <laughs> it was a, it was such a tight moment. Because when I say tight, I mean it was such a cool moment, man. Like for all those moms listening, they don't know what that means, Mike. <laughs> but no, no, it I was know. such a tight it was such a tight moment, dude. Because I took Ben away from work. He's like, dude. One of our one of the other cooks was like, "I got you, man. It's it's slow." So I took Ben from work. We went into a school building next door, into a, a classroom where it was empty because I needed. I didn't feel comfortable doing this like on the streets, bro. I was like yeah. really nervous. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, and I said, "All right, Ben, hold up." And I tried it first. I'm like, "Damn, I'm super nervous." I I I, I belted out, you know, just <laughs> And I'm like, "Oh, my bad, Ben. Hold up, my fault. I'm not comfortable. Hold up." And he started talking. Hey, Chris, man, come on, bro. Like you're the man, dog. I know you got that in you, man. Just show us, dude. And he starts pumping me up. And I'm clearing my voice, and I'm like, "Okay." Take a deep breath, and I'm like, all right, man, I got to get this, dude. And I was super relaxed all of a sudden. <laughs> and I was like, just nuts are roasting on an open fire. <laughs> yeah. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. You know, so yep. I gave him a little, a little bit of those guys back in those days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I, I think I was actually a little deeper. And so, you know, like, I, w- I was down there, dude. You're teasing us, like, Chris. Oh. You're teasing us. He's like, oh, my God, that's, that's it. And he was like, you're still a little nervous. But if you can just chill for a second, you will have it down perfect. And he, I was like, all right. So I said, thank you, Ben. And I went to that audition, and I walked in there. And it's a college audition, which means... There are a lot of people there, dude. <laughs> like, is it in a big auditorium? I, what is it? A big theater, I'm saying. And, dude, they have a pianist up there, a professional pianist, man. And he's playing music that people are giving him, and they sound amazing. I'm talking show tunes, dude. Phantom of the Opera. That girl who's singing those songs, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And they're hitting those notes. And then some people get up there and, you know, uh, we're on the railroad. And I'm like, I right, no, you ain't getting in. But, and I got up there, you know, I had that big ass afro. I was stylish, so I had on a nice looking outfit, form fitting shirt. You know, I worked out, I tried to. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, hey guys, <clears throat> my name's Chris. 
And some people actually recognized me. I could tell from the 12, you know, and I'm, you know, they were waving. I said, um, <laughs> my name is Chris and Blackerby. I said my last name. And I actually didn't bring sheet music. I'm going to go acapella. <laughs> and um, excuse my nerves because I've n- never done this before. Yeah. And man, I was cool and I was calm and I zoned out kind of. And I know for others, dude, it wasn't this big of a deal. But for me, I didn't do theater. (laughs) I didn't sing songs. So I knew I could sing. I just wasn't comfortable doing it yet in front of people. So, man, I got up there and sang the Christmas song. And I was comfortable, man. And looking down, and I literally looked up. Once I was comfortable, I think it was when I said, um, oh, the line at the end. When I said, and... Uh, what is it? And so it is said every time, maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember the lines right now because I'm talking so much. But <laughs> when I looked up and said those lines, and I slowed down because man, that director in the far back, dude, he was smiling and singing with me hard. Dog. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> he's you know, like I can imagine like. Freaking Kelly Clarkson, like, singing, and she sees fans singing her song. This dude was singing the song with me (laughs) and supporting me. And I was like, oh, this dude's smiling hard. Merry Christmas, you know. And at the end of that, dude, people clapped, and they were like, oh, you did well. Thank you. I wasn't nervous anymore. And, And the look on that dude's face, the director, so my teacher, who was also directing the musical, was awesome, man. I mean, this dude looked at me like, you got it. So I, I got the role that uh, uh, actually ended up being multiple roles in this musical. I actually even had a solo, man. Um, if you want to call it a, a monologue, it was, <laughs> hey, dude, I played this announcer, bro. I, pr- I played a game show host announcer, and I got to, to say words in front of that crowd while on stage by myself, dude. And I was like, hey, <laughs> I can get used to this. Man. <laughs> that, that's, that's what was so weird, that you and I both had saw those successes simultaneously, man. <laughs> I agree. I wish I could have uh, been there for your audition, but I, I know I got to see you were in two different... You were in one musical and one play, if I remember correctly, correct? No, no. I was in two plays and one musical. Okay. And you had a lead role in one of the plays, right? Uh, in both the plays, I was lead. Wow. So you started off with the musical, and you developed that relationship with your professor there, the director, and he really liked you, and you ended up earning the opportunity to continue that start, and you were in two more plays, and I remember I remember going to watch you at all of those. Um um, you know, like I said before, we, we had a blast, man. I, I loved, I loved it. It was, it was great to see you on stage. Um, you know, and I think, I think some of that, I think part of that is what kind of catapulted our desire to move out to LA, right? Um, oh, 100% dude. It was, it was the, hold on, let me decline this FaceTime. <laughs> Sorry. Apology accepted. Uh, Hold on, uh, let me text for one second. 
Piss you out. Guys, I'm going to continue to talk for a second. So, can't talk. Um, yeah, Chris and I, not only were we okay. roommates at various times in college, but um, at, you know, when we, when we graduate, we actually walked down graduation together, and I remember hearing Chris scream, um, when I, when I walked across the aisle, I remember him like holler and like actually say a couple of words, you know, there's thousands of people in there and, and I, I, I remember you putting yourself out there to, uh, to boost me up, man. And I remember, and I appreciate that. And I remember shortly after all that, we were kind of joking. Oh, you actually, you had the first, you were the one who was like, I'm going to move out to LA, Mike. And I was like, and you, and you asked me, I think we were like, playing guitars on my rooftop because I was living downtown yeah. at the time and you were like would you go out there with me if I paid for your plane ticket back I just I'd like you to to ride out there with me you know mm-hmm. and I remember thinking yeah how about I just stay <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I mean are you are you for serious yeah and man. you said yeah dude and um it was like <laughs> Man, it, that was so cool, dude. I, I remember being, we were so elated. Can you guys imagine? Oh, my gosh, dude. You know, I'll, I'll go back on the theater stuff in a minute, you know, because I did a lot with that. So it stemmed, it, man, it formed a great appreciation for acting, right? And, and Mike was like, I, I'm, you know, I'm experiencing super success with comedy. Let's, and, and when he said, maybe I'll stay, it, it was like, okay, man, uh, are you for real? And if so, and when he said yes, dude, the 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 we created a Facebook group, Chris and Mike moving to LA. <laughs> I mean, and I kid you not, man, people were invested emotionally in this. There were some people who we knew around in our circle in this group, dude, who were just like pumped. There are a lot of people, man. I mean, like Mike said, there were we were at that point, man extremely well known and I'm not trying to say that to say anything cocky anything I am just painting a, a picture that we were well known we were small town we celebrities out, at that time we shot out that message dude I mean that Facebook that group Mike and Chris are moving to LA oh I remember we 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 wrote a song about it alright alright I freestyled I'm sorry remember that song I freestyled about it and Remember that? Yeah, yeah. We we made a couple of those around that time. We were making funny skits, and we talked about moving to L.A. We we made that skit, that video, um, where the search for Piz. Yeah. Um, just all kinds of silly video stuff, which we needed. Oh, man. I can't wait to make our next sketch together, by the way, on a different point. but. Um, yeah, yeah, that's when video and skits, and that's when that stuff was hot, man. In our lives, I'm sure it was hot other, you know, early on, but dude, in our lives, when we had access to a video camera, that, or at least the, uh, of, you know, the finances to buy one, I was bartending, man, I was free, right, I had money, I'm like, dude, video camera, let me go to Best Buy and get the best one, you know, just <laughs> as an idiot kid, like, yeah. so I got that thing, a little handy cam, man. I think you even had one on your own, but yeah, man, we were freaking that I was not afraid. I was loving skits, you know, that was the onset of skits in my life was when, we, when that was going on. And, I think, and, um, 
our favorite. I think my personal favorite out of all the skits, the skits that we've made together, is the Billionaire Club skits in series, because I feel like it's yeah. the most creative and it's the silliest, but it still is yeah. grounded with with a, a re- realistic concept, as as embellished as it is. Um, for anybody that's yeah. curious to see the Billionaires Club, it's on my website, michaeloldroid.com. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if I'm did we okay remind me I, I think I remember this correctly uh, but forgive me if I'm wrong I think did I develop the billionaires club with Dennis or before that or I you? believe that you and I started it and then you you okay. you invited Dennis on a separate occasion later okay. once we created it together yeah, um, okay, okay. And it was a funny so, episode. You so, and so I remember that. So the concept, I think, came from... I was doing a skit of just, like, sitting in front of the camera. I remember, like, talking about billionaire lifestyle in, in a condescending way. And um, I, 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 I can't remember the, the um, logistics behind it. But when the Billionaires Club was formed... I thought it was the funniest concept <laughs> ever. Well, you know? Chris, we are hilarious. So, you know, not everybody has these abilities, you see? Well, if you take the... How did I talk in those? <laughs> you, you did different ones. You had the black cowboy at one time, and then... And then... You, you did different voices. Uh, you see? Yeah. Welcome to the Billionaires Club, <laughs> where we all are billionaires. So, there we so happy to be here. <laughs> but why, Miguel? <laughs> Your name was like, you know, Emperor Miguel or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mike, don't you think that it is? Uh, I can't remember my accent, but it That's was a right. funny billionaire accent. Uh, yeah, I'm a, this is one instance where I'll have to reference a video to remind myself of which accent I was using. Yeah. I, I just remember, welcome to the Billionaires Club, where we all are billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> and we would just talk a shit about billionaires. Like, I can't believe I brushed up against a millionaire today. <laughs> you know, like, it was so funny, like imagining what they actually think about and do and it's like the only problem that we have is figuring out how to spend the money and what to spend it on that we have yeah <laughs> so, that, that guy probably still rides in taxis rather than having a personal chauffeur you know like something <laughs> oh, ridiculous and, and, and it was episodes you know this week on the billionaires club we have a new guest sir michael Lee Oldroyd the third you know something stupid like that yeah <laughs> it's so funny man but anyway it's like that was the start of Billionaires Club and it was our dude it was our entrance to LA it was our look we are very interested in moving and let's do it and this was now I graduated in December uh, officially I believe I had to retake a course um What's funny, this is all, this is a funny tangent. I had to retake a, 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 um, an acting class, right? It was a hard class. You know, I think it was some sort of uh, play analysis class or something. Dude, I, 
they would go to the plays and analyze the plays that the theater was putting on, and then we would then have a little section of, which I thought was a little section of the grade, <laughs> based on like theory and analysis of play in general and all that stuff. So we would be going and analyzing the plays that I'm in, right? Yeah. So that part was like, I was like, okay, I have a little wiggle room here. But the only thing that was messed up was that was because I was in so many plays and whatnot at the time, I just crunched a lot in. And I was bartending and working. I had to do that. And I had so much going on with school. I was, I had to sacrifice a little bit. You know, sometimes I would have to skip that class because I'm like, man, we analyze in the play I'm in. You know, <laughs> I know what to, I know what to say. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. But that wasn't the entire grade. <laughs> so, anyways, I had to retake that class, man. And so I, I even though I graduated on time, I had to to retake that so officially I was still bartending I was retaking that course and it was all done and done and that's when it was like I'm gonna move to LA dude and that's I saved up a little money like actually a lot I think I saved up about nine and a half thousand dollars um so when I say a little it was (laughs) relatively speaking a little yeah especially coming right out of college that's legit you know and um, and um, you were like, dude, I'm back at my mom's house, and and um, you're ready. You know, you were like, let's just wait it out for a little bit of time. You wanted you wanted to spend some of the summertime with your mom and dad, which I got. You were like, dude, I want to enjoy this time because we're moving to LA. You know, like yeah. so we were down for that. We waited it out, and then freaking dude, it came, and we were packed up. Our cars were both filled, and we said, look, <laughs> I'll follow you. <laughs> yeah. And we just drove, dude, and we, we slept in the car sometimes. We just, you know, it was all hilarious, but we we made it. We slept in a motel one night. I agree. I believe. You know what? And, um, yeah, first of all, I remember it kind of, it, it, ex- it was scary and exciting. I don't know if you felt nervous at times but I felt it was it was a huge change and I think what allowed me to move out to LA was that my girlfriend and I at the time just broke up and um, it allowed for a complete change in everything right like um, which you know I didn't break up for that reason it was kind of out of my control why we did Um, but nevertheless it the, the stars aligned, which opened the door for us, for me to be able to do that with you. And I remember, you know, again, I was excited, but it was also scary, you know, because moving out to LA, like that's, that's the end game for a lot of entertainers. They eventually want to move to LA. Most people yeah, may want to go to sure. Chicago for a little bit and then maybe to New York and eventually LA, but LA is usually the place where people want to, to end up. And I'm like, you know what? My thought is, I'm going to go for the jugular. I'm going straight for the jugular. I'm going to go big or go home. I'm going all out now while I'm young. Yeah. Well, I've got all this momentum behind me. And rather than focusing on all the X's and the O's, I'm just going to go for it. Right? So that's that's kind of what we did. And, and we took and, that. And have, the, and have the degree behind ourselves. That was our thing. We were like, we have our degrees, so... 
you know, like, let's try something, and then if it doesn't work out, we can fall back on our degrees. You know, that was our theory. Yeah. Well, I guess in a way that kind of worked out. Um, and, you know, the dream, it's not like, you know, we, we each, we each did our journey. A lot of it was, it was together, you know, but we each were able to pursue our own unique individual journeys and our, in our duo journey, uh, while we were out there. Um, and, you know, I, I thought what was cool was a couple things. One, I didn't want to, I, I kind of approached the whole thing the way I wanted to do it rather than what I thought Hollywood wanted from me. And I yeah. think in a way, maybe that's one of the reasons I didn't end up becoming famous uh, is because I did my thing, right? I did it how I wanted. I didn't, I didn't change. And I think when we, I remember chatting with you the night that we were about to go into LA and we could like, it was like our last night of the journey. And I remember we kind of like vowed together that our goal, we would, no matter what happened in LA, we would be successful as long as we didn't sell out yeah. and like be untrue to ourselves, you know, be untrue to ourselves as, as artists and as people and change in ways that we, we didn't want to. And we, we lived up to that, you know? Dude, I, I remember, I remember that day we met, we, we, we had a friend who was, um, what a, what a good guy, man. We had a, we had a great friend, Andrew, yeah. Andrew Chris, Jordan Christ. Jordan, yeah. Jordan Christ, who's fun. It's funny because his brother, who I'm talking about, Andrew, he was the guy who, I was referencing who, in my classroom in high school, when I wrote Oh, he was the one who laughed? He was the one who was laughing uncontrollably and also got kicked out of class. (laughs) I didn't know that was His older brother. His older brother, yeah, man. But the younger brother, yeah, Jordan, I remember he he said, hey, guys, this was, you know, early on. um, He said, I want you guys to meet up with me the day you guys leave (laughs) to go to L.A. This is a guy we knew from high school. He actually ended up going to Mizzou as well. So we, our paths were continuously crossing, and he just always thought we were some cool dudes. And he's a cool guy. I mean, great guy. He just Absolutely. said, he said, he, he said, uh, let, meet up with me before you guys leave. That's that was his only request. Yeah. <laughs> and we said okay. So the day we were leaving, I think it was early morning. It was super early, and we said, dude, you don't have. You don't have to do this, actually, because it's super early and we're leaving. Or I yeah. think it was. It was either super duper early or really late. I no, it was really early. One. I remember it was really early. And the guy freaking drove out of his way. Wherever we, we I know we met at a, commu- a commuter lot. We, we, he drove out of his way, came to meet us up, uh, meet up with us, I mean. And he had a little, I think it was a, 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 a vinyl or a, a CD or something, a poster, and he said, can you guys sign this for me because you're going to be famous. <laughs> and he know. was not, he wasn't trying to be funny, as some audience members may say, may, may interpret that as. He was trying to be 100% genuine and he asked for our autographs. I, I was know. like, dude, I said, heck yeah, man, because we're going to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know? 
Oh, that's awesome. I remember that. Thanks for bringing that up because I didn't forget, but you brought it back to the front of my mind, and I really like Jordan. He, uh, He's definitely a special person who is, um, you know, I, he's he, that's that's motivating. You know, I remember, like, you know, people that believe in you and believe in me, that motivates me. People that tell me don't give up on comedy, Mike, I know you have it in you. That makes me, yeah. that adds to the fire, you know. And, and yeah, I mean, we, honestly, I give it up for us being brave enough to go out there and, and to do that <laughs> yeah. when we did, how we did, and stay true to and ourselves. We, yeah, we left, we just went, we just went, and we followed each other, dude, and we arrived. Oh, and we got a shout out. Um, my friend Jose. Yeah, Jose um, Diaz. <laughs> yeah, my friend Jose. Um, what a great guy. And I, Mike knows Jose. Um, you know, Mike actually, he came to uh, visit me one, one time. This was back in in our uh, college days or whatever. I had an internship in New York, man. I remember that. And Man, we were so excited when you got that internship, too. Oh, dude, I, I follow, you know, I was following the golden rule that my brother was instilling in me, man, it, which is when in college, you know, get a, get an internship within what you're doing. And I, you know, I was going by the golden rules, man, gotta get your degree, you got it, you know, get your internship. Okay. So I, man, the internship, I'm not even going to tell that story. That story is amazing. <laughs> that story is awesome, dude, but. I agree. And I'll, I'll spare you, but anyways, <laughs> on another episode or something, we'll talk about that internship because that Absolutely. is a crazy story. Absolutely. You're welcome so, anytime on this. I got, the, I got the internship. I'm going to New York for, you know, a semester or whatever it was. So, I... It I, still I excites me. It still excites me even though I live in New York. Like, just the thought of you getting that internship and thinking back... On, oh, on when that happened, like, that was so big, dude. Like, I'm excited. I'm excited about you having gotten that internship to New York, even <laughs> though I've been in New York for the last few years, and you would think that, like, the luster of New York has worn off. When I hear that, I get excited, because I remember the feeling that that evoked at the time, because I came out and visited you, too. And that, oh, yeah. I know you met Jose out there, and you met a, a lot of people out there, and really made a lot out of that opportunity that summer. Um, and I remember I came out for a weekend and just being completely blown away by, by the oh, city man. thinking, holy crap, like this place is Dude. hard to digest because it's so part massive. Of the, part of the reason, I mean, I know that was an, the intro to New York for you, you know, it's, yeah. that's where you live now, but yeah, it was my first time there. And like, imagine me being again, dude, having some really weird experiences. Like, I mean, imagine me not being your typical city guy from the Midwest, man, you know, I'm, I'm very social and like very genuine too. Like we described, you were kind of trying to tell the audience, my approach to flirting, which is to be very playful and like <laughs> whatever. So I'm, a, I have this genuine mindset just so, so, you know, welcoming and caring as I always have been. And I get a, an internship, a full ride to go to New York by myself. Now, my brother lived in New York uh, for a long time prior to that. So 
while he wasn't living there then, he still knew people. In the, and he was working in the music industry. So that was awesome because he introduced me to people and it wasn't crazy. Like it was also, it was okay once I, you know, um, adjusted to the, 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 the change. But I mean, I'm sitting up here, dude, never rode a subway in my life. Like I'm freaking having to take the subway everywhere and understand the mapping. And I know it's easy to understand, but imagine being so, you know, my mind is, is just compact with new information. Well, so it, taking something easy like the subway system and, and, and getting that down in, in New York wasn't wasn't that easy. No, it's not. It's not. I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to use the subway two years later. So. <laughs> are you? Are you? I, I caught on relatively quickly. I started, I was able to just literally go anywhere without it. I mean, I'm sorry, without a map or something. Um that wasn't like at least I would use the one on the subway maybe, but other than that, dude, I had it down. You know, I knew where to take taxis and where not to. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. And, yeah. And a lot of times it would be spur of the moment. Like my brother, he just said, "I'm going to introduce you to people. Take their advice and hang out with them when they ask you to." So I would be super tired after my internship, and I'm like, "All right, I'm going to go to sleep." <laughs> and I would like a. a um, a call from someone who my brother knew and he'd say hey let's go do something man we're gonna I, there's an event tonight you know come with me it's gonna be awesome there are gonna be some cool people there and I'm listening to my brother you know that mantra in my head and I'm like alright <laughs> I'll be there so I'll just I, usually then I, if I had a little time I would take the subway if I didn't I would just take a cab you know and pay for it and man I would do some cool stuff dude I would do some amazing stuff, and all this I'm just ab- absorbing, <laughs> and like, just I'm like, yeah, all right, this is this is fantastic, man. Um, but awesome, yeah, man. you came to you came to visit, man, and that was, dude. I'll never. I, you remember when you, I paid for dinner that night <laughs> when 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 it was you and um, and Audrey? Yeah, I do, of course. So I paid, I, we go out to eat again. I don't have any dollars like that. I mean, I had a little something in my bank account for sure. Nothing major though. Like, like no big deal. I don't even know if it was over a thousand dollars or something. I didn't have that much money. Yeah. And <laughs> for some reason I thought I, I, I was managing my finances well. I just wasn't enough because I, I ended up like a couple months later, like suffering. <laughs> but at the time I had money. Like, I had enough to pay for dinner for three people. What I didn't know, I, again, I'm green, dude, to New York. Yeah. I'm this nice dude, like, walking around saying what's up to everybody. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they are dabbing on me, dude. They are dabbing all over me. And I'm like, oh, I'm, all right. So um, I freaking take the gal I was seeing at the time. We weren't even dating. We were just enjoying each other's company. And um, who were you dating? But I was so late to ask her. I was like, dude, like four months later, I'm like, so I really want to be with you. <laughs> you know, she was like, about time, dude. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. So, but anyways, that's why I say, yeah, I guess we were dating, but yeah. I didn't ask her till later. Yeah, but um, fair I took you and her out to dinner, man. The two people who I care about at the moment. <laughs> ah, and I say, I got it. Oh my god, dude, that bill was super high, bro. What was I don't it? know where we were, but it was so high 
because the, the prices weren't even on the menu. That's why I didn't know uh, what I was paying for. Did you ever tell me how much it costed? I can't remember 100%. I just know at the time, dude, it was probably like 300 bucks or something like that. Oh, man, know. dude. That's crazy. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> you know, oh, man. But don't... Hey, whatever about that. I'm just saying, at the, I, it's funny because when I looked at that bill, I was trying to be such a G, man. I was like... <laughs> I got it. And I'm talking, you know, girls who I'm dating, she's looking at me, oh, I got it. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're happy to be in, in in New York. I'm like, dude, I'm going to treat my homie you're in New York visiting me, man. Thank you. <laughs> I got it. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that's super high. You know, when you don't have to be funny. Yeah, dude. Even if you do have money, that's high. <laughs> it, it, true, true. Exactly. That's That's the... So, we were somewhere, I think, in the meatpacking district or something like that. It was a very nice yep. place. Like, yep. I will I'll never remember the name of it. It was Italian. but. Well, I was just, I was there last week in meatpacking with Jimmy when he came in town for my 30th. It, the building is, like, triangular. It almost looks like a small version of the Flatiron building. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, You're right. But it's just a small, it's not a skyscraper. It's a smaller building right there in meatpacking. And, uh... Yeah, man, the atmosphere in there was awesome. I remember that night very well. It was a special, special time, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that that was your intro to New York. Yep. So you kind of helped me get off on the right foot out there, you know. I'm still. Remember when you came to watch me do comedy? I did comedy at Gladys's show, and you came to watch. Do you remember that? Yep, I she, do. I still uh, interact with Gladys. She won't let me quit comedy. Um, which is awesome. You know, she just had me host uh, her comedy show last week. Um, she's booking professional shows now. I went to watch her on Tuesday night at the comic strip. She put together a, a professional show and kind of a showcase for some of her featured up-and-coming talent. And uh, yeah, she announced that it's her 25th year in comedy, dude. 25 wow, years in the comedy business, in show business. And... Uh, yeah, we actually went out to dinner the other night, um, me, her, and a couple other people that had performed, and she had some good advice, um, and it was great to kind of catch up with her, you know, she, uh, she won't give up on me, you know, so. That's awesome, man, because <laughs> she, she knows, because she knows, you hold the, the, the key to success, all you gotta do is open the door, man. Yeah, she says, uh, and I agree with her, it's, it's, if I'm willing to put in the work, you know, it's 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 a matter of patience and continuing to put in the work. There's no easy way. But she kind of explained. I told her that I keep running into Aziz Ansari, and I was yeah. like, Gladys, I want to start my own show. And she she got her eyes lit up. She was really excited. She's like, That's exactly what you need to do. You know, you need to start your own comedy show in Lower Manhattan and book funny comedians and also host it and or perform in it. She's like, that will, that is what you need to do right now. So, sure. Um, That's good advice, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So anyway, you know, we, we, we obviously, we had a great time. New York was so daunting at that time, even for me, right? Like we were a lot younger. Neither of us had money at that time. And and I remember just being, you know, you stayed at NYU. I remember you were staying at the NYU campuses um, in the dorms there. And you had, like, a, a funny roommate named Sonny at the time. And he had such a quirky personality. 
He said like, <laughs> well, how many alarm clocks did he said each day, and, and what was the whole story there? Oh yeah, so so Sunny, um, Sundar Balu is his his, his actual name, but in short, um, Sunny, and I think that's very common, you know, for an Indian name like that. Um, I, I've I've seen Sundar a lot, and and they they've shortened it to Sunny. Yeah. And um, so I met Sunny through my internship. The way this was set up was that we went through. We had a, a group of people who all had gotten internships, and they were represented actually by the same company, though. So the company got you an internship. You know, you had to go through a series of all this stuff. But anyways, there, as a group, we would often have dinners together, and we were also paired with a roommate in, during this whole thing. So <laughs> Sonny would not only, as a roommate, be, be there around me all the time when I'm sleeping, but after our internships and stuff like that, we would typically eat together and with other, a couple other people. So Sonny, though, um, was he, I, man, this guy, he was so, he was so cool. But he's one of those guys who was hilarious and he had no idea. Mm-hmm. He was, he was extremely oblivious to the fact that he was one of the funniest people ever. So he, would do things like set three alarms that would all go off at different times in the morning and he would set them strategically in places that he would have to actually get up get out of bed and physically find because his his sleep habits were so unbalanced imbalanced that he would he would honestly not trust himself to get up if it was sitting like next to his face. Yeah, he would. Sleep. So he knew he would sleep through it if he didn't do this strategy. Essentially, man, and the guy, <laughs> I, I I thought it was awesome in a in a very like weird way, but it was also extremely inconvenient for me. I thought it was awesome because there's a guy who literally put an alarm clock in his drawer in his desk. You know, he would put one in the closet and close it. <laughs> he would put one underneath his bed at times. And there may be on his watch, because he did wear a watch, <laughs> might have been an alarm set next to him. <laughs> Y'all know the first one was his watch. And that thing would go off and he would instantly turn it on snooze. Then one of them, like, in the closet would go off. So he'd get up, he would sleepwalk, he would snooze it. (laughs) He would, like, take it with him or something. Then he would lay back down. And I'm hearing this all just through audio because my eyes are still closed. And I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. And this dude would go, get back in bed, snuggle up, man. Then a third one would go off. Let's say it's under the bed, and he, 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 you know, he starts to turn it off and snooze it or whatever. And then one last attempt to snooze, all of the snoozes start going off like at different times. And I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> and he will finally wake up. Man. So, 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 you know, we all have have, you know, those quirks about ourselves. But, but the Sunnies was was very memorable, dude. That's <laughs> and. Um, you know and, what? and dude, one, 
off Sunday to death. And I don't, he's Facebook friends with me, but I don't talk to him at all. I think I wish him a happy birthday maybe a couple of, you know, five years ago or so. And, and I got no response to <laughs> But, uh, yeah. I, I miss him, man. He, uh, he was a fun guy. I, uh, I remember how, well, first of all, I love hearing that story. The, I'd rather hear the story from you rather than experience it firsthand. Um, I remember that he would literally, the Celtics were playing the 76ers or something in the NBA Finals. <laughs> Or yeah. getting close to it, the Philadelphia Phillies. I don't. I, one of the Seventy Sixers, yeah. Yeah, the 76ers versus the Celtics, right? And he was a Lost huge Celtics. Celtics yeah. He was a huge Celtics fan, and he would not let you. He would not let you off the hook, dude. Like you'd be like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna get going." He's like, "Hey, Chris, Chris, no, 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 check out this play, dude. The Celtics did this amazing thing tonight. It was so crazy." And you're like, "I, I gotta get going." He's like, "No, Chris, check, check the Celtics, dude. Check, check this out." He'd, like, force you to come over to his computer, and then he would play, like, one highlight reel, and then go start going crazy, and then, like, be tapping you. Like, wasn't that cool? You know? <laughs> oh, Chris, Chris, man, he shoot Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce shoots threes, man. He makes threes so easy, Chris. <laughs> Chris, who's your favorite player in the NBA? You know, maybe from 19, you know, 85. Well, Chris, Chris, no, it's Paul Pierce, man. He's the greatest shooter alive. People, the Boston Celtics, it's, it's, a, it's a traditional patriotic team. Boston Celtics, I'm like, dude, <laughs> you love the Celtics, I see. I remember. You know, like, I understand that, man. You love the Celtics. I remember it was starting to actually annoy me, and, you know, not to put him down, but I remember thinking, geez, me and Chris need to go out now. <laughs> we need to step yeah. out the door and hit the scene, Sonny. We don't want to hear anymore, <laughs> anymore about the Celtics at the moment. <laughs> But that's okay, you know. Yeah, man. No, it, it's funny. We're exaggerating a little, but yeah, dude. He would. He loved the Celtics, and he loved Paul Pierce. Man, he was a fan of Mr. Pierce, dude. And um, I, 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 yeah, I've had some cool experiences with Sonny, man, Sundar. Yeah. Uh, one of, in one of which, um, dude, he. <clears throat> He was always excitable and excited when we talked, right? So yeah. he would be hyped up. He would always be hyped up. And every now and again, he would invite me to something. And I, I just, I wasn't as hyped up about it as he would be. You know what I mean? Like, it would be something like, let's go get dinner here, something like that. And I would have something going on or something. You know what I mean? And I had to say, no, Sonny, I'm sorry, I can't go. Oh man, it was awesome. You know, the next day, man, it was so fun. It was super tight, man. You should have been there. I'm like, all right, dude, you're probably just saying that, whatever. So he, had, he, that was kind of, you know, that happened a lot. You know, I wasn't able to hang out or, or whatever. And there was one time that I was hanging out with the gal I was, I was interacting with. We were at a little party or whatever, and he texted me, and he, he said, hey, man. I got you a ticket to Batman um, The Dark Knight. And it's it's showing tonight. You need to be there. And he said, it's going to be big. It's the premiere. And I say, okay. I don't know. I said, you know what? I'm having fun with this person that I like a lot. I mean, you know, Batman, it wasn't a huge thing before The Dark Knight for you and I. It was it was a 
comic, you know, I, I loved Batman, but I wasn't like, I have to see that movie. Yeah. I didn't watch TV a lot. I didn't even see a lot of the previews. So I didn't know anything about The Dark Knight. I just wasn't as hyped up about it at yeah. first. Yeah, yeah. But he you know, so he said, well, hang out with her, and I'll, I'll text you and let you know how it is, like, what's going on. And he says, because I don't actually have a ticket for you yet. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, man, like, what do you mean? And he's like, I don't, just, just trust me, I can probably get you one. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, I don't think anything of it. I'm planning, actually, to go on a date with this girl, the, the, the person, you know, with Audrey. Yeah. And thinking, okay, uh, thinking of some things we could do that night, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, right in front of Audrey, I get a text from Sonny that says, I got you one. Take a taxi here ASAP. (laughs) (laughs) And in my mind, I'm not that excited about the movie at all. I'm like I said, dude, if you don't see the previews for that and it's just like, okay, the Batman, the new Batman movie out. I wasn't that hyped up. I'm like, dude, I don't like seeing movies. I'm a cheap guy. I like the movie, but I want to see it on, like, I want to rent it for a dollar or two. Yeah. Like, that's my thing. I was in that mindset in those college days, right? Who wasn't? Yeah. So, man, my thought, though, was simple. He texted me, come, and I said, Audrey, I feel bad. Because when he invites me to things, I freaking don't go. And I like him. <laughs> and she said, man, okay, go hang out with him. It's fine. Go do it. She was cool about it. Uh-huh. I'm like, you sure? She said, yeah, go for it. And I took a taxi to where he said it was in it was in Manhattan. It was a, a theater. I forgot the name of the dude. It was a huge movie theater. And dude, I'm I'm pulling up, dude, to in a taxi, and I, it is surrounded by a lot of people dressed as the Joker with the Joker mask on. Wow. A couple people in Batman outfits, but I would say 75, 80% of the crowd was Joker, dude. That, 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 that Dark Knight mask. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is scary. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm walk, and I'm walking up, I'm getting a text from Sonny, are you outside? I'm coming to get you. So he comes out of the crowd, comes to get me. We walk through that theater, man. I stop and say, hold up. I'm super hyped up, dude. Like, wow, what the hell is this? And I'm like, I need something to drink. And I get a soda, which I don't even drink soda, dude. I got a soda. And I'm like, I just, I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm like, I'm super excited. And I'm going to, I want to do a lot of things that don't make sense. Like drink a big ass soda. And, um, dude, I sat, I go into this huge theater, dog, with him. And we sit down next to another one of our friends in a sold-out theater filled with Joker masks. And it's like, what do they call that? Like um, orchestra style, you know what I'm saying? I forgot what they call that, that, that seating type. But it's like, it goes up pretty high. So this theater is huge. Dude. Yeah, theater seating. Theater seating. But, but um, dude, it um, was so awesome. It was literally the best experience, the best experience I've ever had in it. I mean, oh my god, dude! Wow. There was a standing ovation when it started, and I'm looking at Sunny like, "You sly 
ass dude. Man, what? I was like, how did you do that? like dude i was like sonny you could have sold your ticket to this thing dude the line was wrapped around the building and nobody was getting in those were stand uh, standby tickets bro all those people and i'm like dude you could have sold your ticket for a lot and he was like man <laughs> i only got two tickets one for me and one for the other, one for him and one for the other guy there and he said but when i presented my ticket to the the, the teller he was so occupied because of all the commotion there with the masks that he didn't stamp it. He just looked at it and forgot to stamp it. So he was like, <laughs> dude, he's like, I'm in. And he's like, I'm a, he was like, I'm going to go tell that guy. I got to go run outside for a second. And he gave me his ticket. And he went right on in. And wow. the guy was like, oh, yeah, come on in. You know, like he just let him back. <laughs> Joker, you. <laughs> He'll surprise you, man. That was that was a cool story, dude. I, I like telling that. That's awesome. Well, it's funny that Batman comes up as often as it does on my podcast. It's funny that this naturally came up without me bringing it up, especially the Dark Knight, because that is my favorite of all the Batman movies. And yeah. it's cool for me to, to even put that in context, because I don't remember... I don't. I didn't remember the date that that came out. So now the fact that you have a specific memory to that—that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I think that's really cool because again, like, I love I love that movie, man. I love that movie. I think it's one of the best movies ever made. To be honest. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it was a life changing experience, man. That's why I was pretty dramatic in that story, dude. It. It changed my life. I'm like, I got to see this, whatever it was, the premiere, whatever it was called, of The Dark Knight. Oh, my God. (laughs) I watch that movie now, and I still am like, damn, that's a good movie. You know, so, like, it was crazy. What's, uh, do you have a favorite part? say so man i mean i would be i would be stretching if i were to say i have a favorite part i mean i like a lot of parts in the movie yeah um you know especially when they introduce the batmobile that's (laughs) a pretty cool part but i don't know if i have a favorite i think i do at least something that comes to my mind when i think about it Um, okay i think it's the ending of the movie um after after him and Harvey Dent fall off the uh, the edge there, and and Gordon, the cop, I think it's the cop's name is Gordon, is talking to his son, um, saying why yeah. why are the cops chasing Batman? It's basically what he said about the Dark Knight that I think is my favorite thing. You know, basically saying that you know Batman is much more than you know he's a symbol and he's whatever we need him to be even if that is the bad guy from time to time and in in addition to that right around that time i forget who batman said it to but you could hear him saying sometimes the truth isn't good enough for people sometimes people deserve to have their faith rewarded and i just feel like that's such a boss it's not just a boss line but it's a boss line coming from him because 
he took he took it into his hands to make sure that people's faith was rewarded. He didn't wait around for things just to play out and kind of hope things work out for people. He literally made things work out for people and he made sure that people's faith in good was rewarded. And to me, I don't know, to me that's just as boss as it can get, especially since he didn't care if he had to take the fall for everything in order to instill, you know, the good of Gotham. So, you know, I, to me that, that, that ending was su- superb, yeah. you know? Right, right. Um, the, 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 dude, the, the heroism, you know, like, yeah, he the, is the, the true the hero. hero. He is the true hero because he doesn't need credit for being the true hero. <laughs> well, not just because, but because he is the hero, and yet he does it without needing anything in return for it. You know? Exactly. So. And <laughs> all he needs, and he knows, you know, he leaves a little a little bat, you know, a um, little bat symbol sometimes, you know, it's like a, it's a little star or something like that. In the sky? No, no, the little metal piece, the metal pieces, like he'll throw into the wall, like a little yeah. knife or whatever, in the shape of a bat signal. Yeah. In the, or in the shape of the Batman or whatever, and he um, he would just throw that, you know, have it sticking out the wall a little bit, just to just to let him know, like, yeah, these three guys that are tied up here, I got you, you know, like <laughs> these these criminals who have been raping kids or doing whatever these guys are in Batman do, like crazy stuff. I got him. You know, it's like, yeah. and I don't even need recognition. Just know, like, chill out. I'm here for you guys. I agree, man. Well, hey, we're coming up on two hours, and um, I feel like there's a ton more to talk about, and we could probably go all night. But for the sake of yeah. keeping it to one episode, I'll say this before wrapping it up. I know we talked about you know, a couple things we wanted to mention that I don't think we got to. Is there anything else that you wanted to chat about now or do you want to save it for another time? Um, I would say... No, I don't think so, man. I'm trying to think of... <laughs> you know, uh, we have a couple of things like the, the Adderall story when you helped me out. That was pretty funny. <laughs> and... Um, I put down your approach to hitting on women. That's always a, that was in college. It was pretty funny. Well, (laughs) you know what I think? Uh, Let's tease the, let's tease the viewers and and make sure that they have a reason to come back in the future. Let's, let's mark those ones down as things to come back to so that we don't tell the story half-heartedly trying to rush out of here. Um, I just think going over two hours is starting to, yeah, I know. I need to, I need to call Rebecca too. Okay. Well, let's do this again, man. Um, should we? Should we get? A, are we gonna wrap it up with something? Yeah, I'll probably cut this part out. Um, yeah, yeah. So, well, Chris, uh, I will say that Batman. You know, talking about Batman is probably the perfect way to end the episode because it is literally a reoccurring theme in my own, uh, uh, in my life, and the things that motivate me. So, I appreciate you sharing that perspective, uh, and I appreciate you joining the show today. Uh, I had a blast, and um, we're definitely going to do this again. So thank you for joining, Chris. Thanks, Mike. I had a great time. We should definitely do it again. 
was on. We could talk for hours, man. So <laughs> I, I say let's make it a make it a thing. Thanks for having me. Anytime, Chris. You're always you're always welcome here, and I can't wait till we make more future videos for uh, for the audience as well. More Billionaires Club, and you know the opportunities in the future are endless. Um, we didn't even scratch the surface of of our friendship uh, tonight. So for now, uh, I'll let you go. Hope you have a great night. Thanks for listening, everybody, uh, and God Thank bless. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. Peace, brother. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. By the way, am I the only one who's horny? <laughs> Excuse me.